Well, thanks for having me here today. It's, uh, it's good to be here. I'm, I'm told this morning that our, our boss used to come here, John Gilmore, and he's actually still a member, so I have to sort him out on that, tell him to come and visit. Um, so yeah, like I said, I'm here really to share some stories with you of, of mission and some of the things that are going on around Churches of Christ. Um, but also, I want to invite you into... A, a deeper, a deeper association, a deeper friendship, a deeper awareness with with some of these stories and what's going on, um, because really we are a part of a global church community, um, and part of being the church in Australia is also being enriched by the life and the work of the church overseas. And I'm sure that you know from your work here at Northern um, just what it means. Uh, to discover more about your faith as you come alongside others. Um, So I'm going to share a little bit about the work of GMP and also share a message with you. Global Mission Partners, if if you haven't heard of us before, um, began life nearly 130 years ago. And it's impossible to tell you everything about what we do in in such a short time. Um, But we work in a variety of areas. Uh, Some of that... I don't know. if There we go. I'll just click it hard. Um, there we go. Excellent. Um, we do things like uh, safe water uh, boreholes um, in Zimbabwe. I'll get there. Um, peace clubs in, in war-torn South Sudan. Uh, translation and, and Bible colleges in Papua New Guinea. And even social enterprise um, and training for women in Vietnam. Closer to home too, we we support Indigenous ministries across Australia, um, getting behind the development of of Indigenous leaders. Um, And so it's great to be somewhere here too where there's there's some heritage and and somewhere like Doug Nichols is celebrated. Doug Nichols uh, was very much involved in, in the beginning of our Indigenous work back in the 50s, uh, when he travelled over to Perth as part of an exhibition game, uh, uh, f- football game, VFL. And um, he travelled to Perth and he saw uh, some of the condition of some of the people on the Nullarbor Plain on the way over as he went. And when he got there, he, he went into the Church of Christ offices and, and said, we need to do something about this. And so uh, from that, um, we, we carry on the legacy of that work today. So... Um, that's that's sort of very broadly, you can get a sense of just, just the amount of different places we have connections. Uh, but in everything we do, and what's distinct about our work, is is really that we do things with the locals. We, our, our ethos is to get beside people, to enable them to do uh, what God is calling them to do in their context. And so... What I'm going to share about today is is really how your friendship um, and support is an integral part of that journey. And uh, I'd like to begin with a bucket because, uh, David, actually, you should get one of these. Um, There's so many ministry metaphors that can come out of this. Um, But it's also a good illustration of what what mission is. When we're thinking about mission, um, often... Uh, you might think about mission as beginning with a bucket full of, of cash and resources. Those things that we have 
that other people don't have. And we, and we share what we have with others because uh, that's not only about being generous uh, and, and loving, but also being ethical. Um, that's one approach to mission. Another idea, uh, some people think about mission, hands up anyone who's been on a, uh, an overseas sort of experience trip or a mission trip somewhere. David definitely has a couple in the back row, yeah. So that's often a common way. We, we go off overseas or somewhere different and we go without expectations. We, we empty the bucket before we go and we go and we bring back new experiences and we bring back stories um, and we share those with those around us. So that's another another approach to mission. But today I'm going to talk about a, a slightly different way. Uh, if we put the bucket upside down, stick it in the dust and just sit down beside our neighbour. Because it's when we sit down beside someone, when we really get to know them, that's when we learn to hope with them. That's when we learn to be involved in someone's life in a meaningful way. And this is something central to mission and our call to mission as Christians. There we go. I might have to get you to do a bit of flicking there, David. Um, here's another image. This is a family I've had a lot to do with in the Northern Territory, and um, part of my background is is re- working with Indigenous musicians and doing lots of recording projects. Um, and my relationships with these guys was, to start with, very uh, professional in a way. I had a job to do. They had some recordings to make, and we got along and did it. Um, But really, after a number of years, what's been significant and what has lasted has been the times that we sat down together in the dust with camp dogs walking by, sharing stories. Now, this is from a place called Ngukur in the Northern Territory on the Rapa River. And um, Ngukur was a place where the first complete translation of the Bible into an indigenous language was completed. Uh, It was only 10 years ago, and the language was Creole. Creole is a a fifth-generation language now, um, and the primary language of about 30,000 people across the top end. And and Creole, there's no easy word to translate the concept of existence. And so a metaphor had to be invented. When we come to um, the beginning of John's Gospel, in the beginning was the word. There's no easy translation of that. And so in Creole, we get this. And I'm going to get you guys to try and uh, say Creole, some Creole here. And Imbin Kamen. So repeat after me. And Imbin Kamen. And Imbin Kamen. And Jiren. And Jiren. Langamelabat. And he came and sat down amongst us. This, which encapsulates the gospel, the good news that Christians are on about, a God who comes and sits down beside us in friendship, a God who comes in the dust and doesn't work at a distance, but who works among us and through us and with us. And so... This is very much the character 
of the passage we had today um, from Thessalonians. This passage is, is the first chapter of our story as the church. It's, it's one of the earliest writings and it reflects on the growth of the church as it spread beyond Jerusalem. The church on mission, we get a snapshot of what this early church looked like. I'm going to recap on some of the words here, but as I read, I want you to consider the tone of the letter. I want you to think about the quality of the relationship uh, between Paul and the church at Thessalonica, to whom he's writing. Let me read. We never came with words of flattery or with a pretext for greed, nor did we seek praise from mortals, but we were gentle among you. Like a nurse, tenderly caring for her own children, so deeply do we care for you that we are determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our very selves, because you have become dear to us. And just a few passages later, uh, we get this verse as well. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you... Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. This is a very relational picture of what the life and the mission of the church is. Because when we think about mission, and and often people immediately think of the phrase at the end of Matthew, you've probably heard it, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. We, We talk about this as the Great Commission. But this passage enriches our thinking of what mission might actually look like. It's a passage that doesn't immediately come to mind, um, but it's surprising in the tenderness that comes across in these words. Where the proclamation of Matthew, it sounds like standing on the bucket, go and make disciples of all nations. Here we get in Paul something that enriches our picture of mission with warmth and intimacy. And Paul uses an interesting word to describe what this spread of the church, what the spread of the good news looks like. He uses the word speaking twice. He doesn't use the word teaching, preaching, proclaiming. He uses the word leleo, which means chatting in everyday words. Gossiping, person to person, in everyday contexts. We could think of it like this. Go and make disciples of all nations, chatting to them, gossiping the gospel. And so mission or proclamation is something that all of us are empowered to do. Not to speak with fancy words and ideas, but just to chat to share our hearts in everyday words, to share our hearts in friendships and inviting others into the story of Christ. This is the best image that I could find uh, that represents that. Two friends hanging out together. Um, This is what we discover in Paul's letter. More than the activities of mission and outreach, we discover the character of the gospel, which is spread as Paul and the church share their lives with others. 
This letter is very much a conversation between friends. And the very fact that we remember it in the Bible, we've recorded this letter that Paul's writing to this church a long way away. It's a record of friendship and love. And so alongside Paul's letter, today uh, I'm going to give you three examples of how this gospel of friendship plays out in mission. And these are stories that come from our own family connections as churches of Christ. And so I'm going to give you three letters this morning, uh, three letters from the church in Indonesia, the church in Bangladesh, and the church in Zimbabwe, here to you at Northern. The challenge for us is how do we hear these stories as we also discover life in Christ alongside these communities and our place in sitting down with the church in other places as well. As I do that, I'm just going to pass around an um, email sign-up sheet for our newsletter. It comes out once a month. If you're interested in hearing more of these stories um, and, and also reading some uh, messages about mission, please pop your name down. And I've also included a, a prayer booklet um, based on our Easter material, um, which feel free to take as well. Thanks, Roger. So first of all, our very close neighbour in Indonesia. And in Indonesia, students at the local Churches Across College uh, have to plant a church to graduate from the ministry program. It's quite a difficult task, especially in a country with a large Muslim population where there's, there's quite some hostility uh, facing the church. And so Christians can't take their faith for granted, nor can they take for granted their place in the local community. And so to win the trust um, of the local population, they have to learn how to serve others. The students, David, I might just get you to flick through these as you see appropriate, thanks. Um, they start businesses as hairdressers, as volunteers, and some even like making bricks with village, villages. Um, and over the years of their study, they grow their connections and friendships with the local community. And it's after that these friendships have developed over a few years, then they're able to plant a local church with the right signatures from the community and all of that. Um, Harry Susanto, who's dean of the college, um, he writes about Christian identity in Indonesia. Uh, it's just a couple of slides, thanks. Um, Christians should be seen as having genuine hearts and always loving people. Our identity as Christians is our love of church, uh, of Christ and our heart for others. This is what sustains our faith and helps us to live out among our neighbours peacefully. And um, we saw this very much, the, the love for neighbours extended after the tsunami recently in Aceh and, and numerous students from the college travelled up to help provide assistance and relief um, after that effort. And you can see some images there of um, some of the impact of that tsunami in Indonesia. Perhaps um, the question that comes out of our partnerships, our friendships with these churches, uh, is this. How is the character of Jesus made visible in our lives and communities? Sorry, I accidentally flicked that. Um, we'll come back to those questions at the end.
Great. So, um, in all sorts of ways, we're involved with supporting the life of the Indonesian churches, um, but also in sustaining those friendships. In, uh, in the Bundaman Hills in Bangladesh, uh, there's a growing network, an indigenous network of churches um, that we've been connecting to for about 10 years now. And Bangladesh, as you may know, is one of the poorest places in the world. Um, but also up in the hills, there's all sorts of religious minorities who, who again aren't part of the majority religion, Islam, and also aren't part of the majority ethnic group, uh, the Bengali group. Um, and Varna Baum, who we work with, in the last 10 years, he's planted 17 churches. He heads off into the hills uh, to share the gospel, to sit down with small villages, um, but he doesn't just preach to them. Varna speaks about evangelism like being a travel adapter, the kind that you need to take overseas with a different PowerPoint. And he says, to connect with people, you have to adapt. You have to get to know them and their particular culture. You have to sit with them and you have to eat with them. And as the relationships of the church grow, the church learns what it means to serve others. When we become friends, we can respond to the needs of the others and we know how best, uh, we know better how better to serve them. And so the church has responded. Um, they've created a hostel to um, give children somewhere to come to stay when they go to school. Otherwise, they're walking, uh, you know, 30, 40 kilometres out of the hills to get to these schools. Um, they've built a pharmacy. Uh, to provide access to medicine for those who don't have any. And they're connecting with the community by praying for those who come in for medicines. Um, they've created women's groups who are dealing with things like family violence um, and also pig farming, pig farming and mango farming. And it's through these uh, that they're raising money to support the life of the church. I like this one, BHOC, I said Bundaban Hills Churches of Christ, mango tree, I can't see the number, number four. Um, and this last picture of the pigs too. I actually think there's a lot in this image that we as a church should aspire to. Think about that. Perhaps the letter from Bangladesh uh, to us here today is this. How are we getting to know our neighbours so that we can better serve them? And finally... Churches of Christ are in Zimbabwe, and this is a connection that originally came through New Zealand but has been established over 120 years ago. And in Zimbabwe, uh, we're working with a network of evangelists and, and churches. And these evangelists typically um, were walking up to 30 kilometres every weekend to get around their circuit of churches that they um, that they look after. So evangelists might have had five or six churches and every weekend you would have to get up early in the morning and make the rounds. They would get out to these remote areas, building friendships, preaching, conducting funerals and visiting the sick. One fellow here, I've got an image of him, Famulus Zhao, he planted 22 churches in seven years um, and was having to walk between all of them until we were able to provide him with a motorbike. 
And so over the years, we've, we've provided about 35 motorbikes now, and this just makes access so much easier. I'll just flick through some of those slides quickly. There he is there. Um, and also, <laughs> he probably has a lot of fun, I reckon. Um, also in Zimbabwe, we have a big project that um, is called Safe Water September. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Um, but again, uh, giving access to people, safe water to access to people who don't have it. Um, the lack of safe water has dire consequences. Um, there's more children in this part of the world uh, dying from diarrhoea than, than measles, AIDS and malaria combined. Um, and it's a simple thing to fix uh, by installing a borehole. So that's another of our projects in Zimbabwe, but also means that people aren't having to travel long distances to get water. Kids are back at school, and there's things like businesses and veggie gardens growing up in the desert uh, where there previously were none. I'm going to um, show you just a, a very short video to finish um, from one of our evangelists in Zimbabwe talking about his ministry. Thanks, David. We might try and get some sound if we can. I was working in a filling station, filling petrol to the cars, and they told me that this is not your job. You must go and fill the Holy Spirit to the people. I said, no, I can't go. They wished that the church, the church would spread especially these uh, remote areas. Later on, when we prayed, I thought God was calling me here. I had to leave a job, well paid, rise up early in the morning to come and preach. It was very difficult walking. It's about 15 kilometers, but I knew that it was a calling. Later on, we enjoyed the work. We had to visit some people. It became better because now we have a motorbike. It's now easy for us to travel and do the evangelism. Under difficult situations or better situations, I knew that it was a calling. So this Walk for Hope is part of our Easter campaign. We have lots of churches around the country, individuals walking to church on Good Friday. Um, it's not something that we talked about here at Northern, but there's still plenty of time if you want to walk to church on Good Friday, um, do it. Uh, set yourself a challenge, maybe not 15 kilometres, but it's up to you. Um, I'm going to be hanging around after the service to chat and have a cuppa if you'd like to come out uh, and, and hear some more. Um, but please can continue to consider how you as an individual and you as a church uh, might sit beside others and, and really share your life together with this brilliant family that we are connected to. Um, so I encourage you to do that. And I believe that um, you uh, have a, a moment's reflection on, on some points from the sermon. So I've put the three questions uh, in a slide at the end here um, for you to reflect on. Uh, but thank you and do come and have a chat to me after the service.